Hello, and thank you for joining us from wherever you are. This is the SBS Replay podcast from the NYU School of Professional Studies Student Council. This season, we are proud to present our How I Got Here lunchtime series, where we listen to the stories of our professors, alumni, and members of our community about their career, their journey, and how they got here. This week, we are joined by Jean McPhillips. Jean McPhillips is a real-life supergirl with two L's and the second L is for love. With a vision to spread girl power all over the world, she is in the business of inspiration as the founder of Supergirls, empowering women to launch into the next chapter. Her mission with Supergirls is to inspire college women to find their inner hero and conquer the world as they launch. She is a best-selling author and campus speaker slash girl advocate. Jean has an MBA from the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania and a BBA from the College of William and Mary. She is now an adjunct professor teaching digital commerce and entrepreneurship at NYU School of Professional Studies, Parsons School of Design at the New School, and Berkeley College. The original session was recorded on Zoom and was hosted by Tiano Dimitrakis. It is my honor to be here with you guys today. I love NYU. Every time I teach in NYU, I absolutely love it, love the brand, love the fact that I'm here today and hoping that I can help inspire you guys to wherever you want to go in your lives. Supergirls is my, is my passion business that I started a few years ago and I was really inspired through my teaching in NYU. I teach at the New School and also Berkeley College in New York and New Jersey. And that's truly where I got the inspiration to start this. Also working with a lot of young people in corporate jobs across my career. But very, the very first place I got inspired for was in college when I was in a sorority. And if I didn't have those girls in that sisterhood, I never would have graduated <laughs> from William & Mary. It was super hard. So it started way back then and then just grew and grew and grew until I, it just actually, I had to, it just was like, I need to do this. I need to pay it forward and really help the next generation rise because you guys are the future and it's all about you now. So I really, I really strongly believe that. So Launch Like a Girl was a program we did and we touched on three very hot buttons for women and men that graduate pain points. One is networking. It's all about networking and learning what that means and learning how to leverage your network in the real world. Two was managing your money. Okay, so your financial life and figuring out your financial life and what that means once you're not a student anymore and how you plan for the real world as far as that's concerned. And the third hot button is all about your personal brand. So if you don't know who you are and how to leverage your superpowers or whatever your special sauce is, it's really hard to go out there and try to sell yourself in your unique selling proposition for the world. So that's what we did with Launch Like a Girl I saw a few questions that came up when you guys registered. I just wanted to address those first. I can certainly talk about my background and how I got here. That's absolutely interesting and important, but I really wanted to make this more about you and what you're looking for, what you're looking to learn, what you're looking to, what you need to go out there in the world and like conquer the world. So one of the questions I got, which was, it came up a few times. So I would have to say it's ranked at the top. What's the best advice you have to give to your younger self? That would be your network is your net worth. Absolutely, hands down. You think when you're younger that you don't really have a network yet, but you, 
You really, really do. It can manifest itself in so many ways. And 85% of jobs are gotten through the network. So I am a firm believer, advocate. I teach people, train people what it means to network, shamelessly network, because there is no shame in asking for help. You've got to ask for what you want, because if you don't put it in the universe, you'll never get it. So part of that is in networking is asking for what you want. It's giving. The secret is you give to get. So how can you help people? What can you offer them? And then how can they help you in return? It's always about the giving first. But if you don't ask, you'll never receive. So that is definitely the best advice I've ever gotten. And haven't always followed it, you know, when I was younger. That's why I push it so hard because I really think you need to start networking like, I don't know, when you're in high school, all right? You already have a network of teachers and family and friends and it goes on and on and on. So that I think is my advice to someone just getting started is really, really leverage your network, find your tribe, meaning find the people that will support you and help you get, achieve your goals that you're looking for. And also, I'm a real advocate of finding a mentor. So Supergirls is a platform I use to inspire and empower college women to launch. Part of that is a podcast that I have called The Hero Whispers. And I interview young professionals, uh, young alums, people in college. I also interview other women who can be potential mentors or who inspire us, depending on their, maybe their business owners or whatever they are, they're helping us, you know, in certain ways. So I, I interview all kinds of people. Like next week, I'm interviewing a woman who has an Instagram business and it's a hair care product. It's a really cool hair care product. She started it. She has a team of like 160 girls and they do millions of dollars a month on Instagram with this hair care product. So I'm having her on the podcast because so she can talk about how she got started in the business, how she recruits people to do it. It's a great business for young women. But the point is, that's the point of the podcast to put it out there for all the different opportunities that are available to you guys that you don't, that you might not know about. And also there's opportunities to connect with people, to mentor with people. I had one guest who was actually a mentor in my earlier career when I was in retail and fashion. That was my, the first part of my career. I'll tell you that. And I'll tell you that story in a minute. Her advice was mentorship is in the moment. What does that mean? Does anyone have a thought? You can throw it in the chat. So my Greek goddess is saying, you have to mentor at every moment of your life. Yes, true. But where I'm going with this is, that is true. Agreed. It's always good to have more than one person, right? Making decisions because two heads are better than one. It takes a village and we have blind spots. Okay, Roxolana has, has something here. She's saying, I think it means that we are learning from each moment, each experience. Yes, true. Excellent. Absolutely. And it means that a mentor, like the traditional idea or definition of a mentor is someone that's like older, maybe you think they're wiser, they have more experience. Okay, true. That is true. That is definitely a mentor. But you can also be mentored by people that are younger than you, or people that are your, are your peers, you maybe your siblings, or your parents. I mean, I know that I learn a ton from my students at NYU. You, you, you just don't know who you're going to learn from at any moment in time. In that moment, what are you learning and who are the people involved? And you're getting mentored, right? I mean, I learned so much. I taught these guys, shout out to Theano and 
me and I on a call today, they're in my digital marketing class uh, this past spring. And I learned so much from that class. Some of the things that they brought up in the class, some of the things that we discussed that let's face it, I'm a couple of generations ahead of you guys, right? So I don't always know what's up and coming, what's hot, you know, what, what, what's relevant. I try, but you know, you guys are in, the, in it. You're the generation that's in it, so I can learn so much. So that's what mentoring in the moment is. And I really believe that we can all learn from, you know, whoever people just is staying open to what you can, what you can learn from. So I graduated in college in the 80s. Okay, the 80s were the best era, the best decade. All right, I will go to the mat with anyone on that. The music, the partying was to the hilt, right? There were no worries about disease or anything. Well, in the late 80s there were, but the 80s were awesome. I uh, graduated with a degree in business and I went into retail and fashion because it was super fun at that time. It was very entrepreneurial. I worked for Macy's in their merchandising training program. And to be a buyer, you go in this training program to be a buyer. At the time it was called the Harvard of Retail. So I did that and I worked for Macy's, I worked for May Company, Lord & Taylor, which eventually all became one. So I was there before that happened. So I, yes, I'm very old. I really learned a ton about commerce and merchandising, living in New York City. There was a question about how do you make it work in New York City? You do what you gotta do. You do what you got to do, right? You survive, you thrive, you, you figure it out, you hustle, okay? You have to hustle. That is like a huge word. Gary Vee talks a lot about that, hustling. And I, I swear as a young human, even as an old human, okay, I'm hustling all the time with this business, Supergirls. So yeah, you got to hustle in New York. So I learned a lot about that, but I got a little restless. You know, I wanted more. I wanted like, as you guys, a lot of you guys are graduate students. You wanted to learn more. Like how much more can I learn? Can I power up my career? Yes, you can. Graduate school definitely helps you achieve that. Why? The education that you get, the people that you meet. I'm going to keep harping on this networking thing until, until you just, you know, you want to just slap you through the screen. But networking is so important. And NYU has an incredible network between the alumni and the students and the faculty. It's tremendous. And no, they're not paying me to say that. But it's, it's so true. I wanted more. And so I decided to get my MBA and I started out getting it part-time and then I ended up going full-time to applying for a full-time program because the company I was working for relocated and I didn't want to relocate to St. Louis. I wanted to stay in New York or whatever, the Northeast. So when I got into Wharton, it was like, oh my God, are you serious? I don't know if you guys have ever seen Legally Blonde, but it was like that. I was like, Elle Woods getting into Harvard. What? Like, it's hard? Yes. I got in. I was like, there's no, of course I'm going to figure out how to go there. Like, of course. So it was an awesome experience for two years. I met some amazing people from all over the world. It was tremendous and I have a great network because of it, right? Well, I graduated from Morton with an MBA in marketing and entrepreneurship and I still stayed in the retail industry because it was so, it was super fast. I did an internship. So the internships are a great way to learn about yourself too, right? I did an internship at General Mills in Minneapolis and I was working on cereal and flour. Okay, talk about boring. I was bored to tears. How can I market flour? Like, no, that was not happening. I, I said, no, I have to go back. I, I'm going back to fashion. So I went back to fashion and I took a different turn where I learned specialty retail. So I went into a different vertical and I learned production and product development, product design, which I love. And now there's a lot of parallels between product design and fashion and digital product, right? It's all about, you know, MVP and launching and iterating and learning from it and then improving it. 
So that was really good training for me. Not to mention, I worked for some great companies. Like I worked for the limited, I worked for QVC. I worked for a company called downtown locker room, which was urban men's footwear and apparel. I mean, I was like the only white chick in the place, but it was a super amazing experience for me. Culturally, I learned a whole different culture and I was successful in that culture because why? Because you can, I leveraged the network. I learned about the people and the culture and I just immersed myself in it. And that's a great, it was a great advice that I got. Just immerse yourself. And I wasn't, I wasn't afraid. Don't be afraid to take risks. Another really good advice. Okay, I took a lot of risks in my career, some of them, and I failed a lot. Another question was, what are the biggest challenges that you had to overcome? Failing, getting fired, getting laid off. Yes, these all happened. These happened to me, but you know what? And now I'm not afraid of anything because what could be worse than getting fired, getting laid off? I mean, in, in your career, I mean, all right? Like health-wise, there can always be, you know, that's always something, but. So I worked for some really good companies. But then I realized that, oh my God, the digital thing was starting to take, take off. And I really need to, to, in order to stay relevant, I need to get trained and really understand the digital market. So I jumped off a cliff because nobody would hire me with no digital skills. Even back in the day, that was like 2010, okay? And digital was hot, but not as hot as it is now. But I didn't, I had great experience. I was an executive, blah, blah, blah. But nobody would hire me without the skills. So I jumped off the cliff and I went to work for startups. And I worked for three startups in two years, fashion tech, none of them made it, none of them survived. But I learned so much between when you work for a startup, you guys, some of you guys may have already worked for startups. You know this, you do a lot more, you have a lot more responsibility. You can ask for a lot of responsibilities and things to do that you may not get in a bigger company. Not saying bigger company is not great experience also, it's tremendous experience, okay? Bigger businesses different kinds of problems, navigating the political environment, all that, very important. Startups, you learn differently. I was there, my objective was, I have to learn the digital technology platforms and I have to get savvy because if I don't, I'm never gonna be able to stay relevant. And even though I had an MBA from Wharton, people didn't care. It was like, what have you done for me lately? So that's important. You lean on your education when you first graduate and it's an awesome thing and you can say, you know, I graduated and I have this. You also use the network but as you start working, you have to stay relevant with your skill sets, whatever it takes. And so that's important. You know, you guys are graduate students, so you understand that. So that's thumbs up. So after that little jaunt, I went to work for bigger companies like Overstock.com and Asina Retail. And I was in executive capacities managing digital commerce teams where I really honed my skills and got tremendous experience managing teams. And I started teaching. And that's when I started teaching at NYU. And I, because when we were pitching VCs at the startups, I met a lot of people from the NYU community and it was fantastic. And I got into the network NYU, which I will be super always forever grateful for. Because teaching for me opened up a whole new world. I, I feel that, honestly feel that it's my, my calling in life to inspire and empower young minds. Uh, use my experience that I, that I, gained from all of my corporate experience and business experience, education, and help other people rise. So that's where I am today. And I started Supergirls a few years ago. I already told you how I got inspired to do that. Right now I'm focusing a lot on my podcast, The Hero Whispers. So if any of you guys would be interested to be interviewed on my podcast, I, I would love to have you. Deanna and Nina, you know, I, I would love to have you guys. You haven't signed up yet, but I, I'm, I'm down. <laughs> 
Um, also, these girls help me a lot with my uh, website. I, I really, I do a lot of research. I'm also in, into UX design now, and, you know, I teach it. I always am looking for people to help understand the, the mind of the generation that I'm trying to mold, that I'm trying to inspire, right? I mean, because you have to stay relevant. So working a lot on my podcast, I'm working on building an online community with respect to content. And I love doing talks on campus, like Theano mentioned. Those are my favorite thing to do because you engage with the students and you really help people and you you one-on-one. But those, because of COVID, it's gonna be it's gonna look a little different now. So you have to adjust, you have to pivot. And pivoting is something I got used to doing back in the day, like I told you guys my story. Right now, the next thing I'm doing for Supergirls is I had this amazing boot camp a few months ago where I offered to students in NYU and a few different colleges that I have relationships with. And I offered it for free and it was a free boot camp to help you get powered up, to help your job search and help you network and all that. I'm now, I'm following that up with what I call the digital chi challenge. And you have to get your digital chi today to look for a job, to find an opportunity. You gotta be digitally tight and right, okay? So what does that mean? You need a brand presence, you need, your, you need to figure out what your personal brand is, what, you, what you're offering, what your value is. You have to have a website and you have to have your LinkedIn profile tight. Now those are, okay, but that's what I'm bringing to the table for this community. And so it's the digital cheat challenge, it's three days. That's what I'm focused on now because it's like following up from the boot camp which I had done and then, okay, now what? Now it's July. You guys are in, the, in this too, right? You're getting ready to go back in the fall, getting ready for the job thing, whatever that looks like, internship. And you got to like power up your skills. Kudos to you for coming today, you know, in the middle of the summer and doing this. I give you guys a lot of credit because that's what it takes. Hard work and grit. There's no easy way. There's no easy way, okay? Unless you win the lottery and that's a whole other story. I see, I see a hand raised. That's me. Oh, so, Jonathan. What's up, Jonathan? You, you get me really excited because I, you know, I love your energy. And when I saw your video online, I was like, man, this woman definitely has to have come from retail because I come from that same background too. And when you greet a client, it's like, hey, what's up, guys? Like, how's it going? We're so excited to see people. So thank you for your energy and thank you for your excitement behind retail because I'm a retail guy for the last 15 years. And now I work as a store manager. Uh, for Joe Malone London, which is an Estee Lauder profile, great company to be with. But at the same time, I want to take myself out of this retail experience and go into something a little more prominent or something a little more where, where I just feel like my education has, has paid off. It's great running a business. It's great running a $3 million business. I've um, worked up to like uh, $17 million of volume and it's been fun. But at the same time, I just, I want something different where I'm utilizing my intellect instead of like, you know, working off of reports every single Monday and seeing how well we did and then bouncing back and coming up with new strategies. I'm okay with all of that, but I just want to be like the mind behind everything. What are your suggestions to kind of like go into that space where I could be the mind and be a part of the sketching process? I totally get it because I was there and that's why I went to get my MBA because I was like, there has to be more to this. But, but do not underestimate your experience right now. Okay. Running a $17 million business with people. Okay. Is huge. And what you were learning there is beyond because that's the thing about retail. You get this experience that a lot of people don't get. If you go to an office and you work in a digital social media job. Okay. It's great. Don't get me. Those are great jobs too. 
but managing a business is a skill that you will carry with you forever. It will, it, you will, you will have that. So here's, here's my, what I'm thinking for you. Are you a graduate student right now in NYU? No, I'm an undergraduate. I just started oh, okay. to school a few years ago because I, I reached a point where I was a district manager. I was an area manager and it just got so boring. And I'm like, well, I don't know what else to do. So let me go back to school. And I did so about like three years ago. Well, the good news is Joe Malone, I mean, the fact that you're in New York and Estee Lauder is there and they hire a ton of NYU people in digital. I know in the, in the corporate offices, I've actually had some of them as guest speakers in my class. And I would try there first. Like you're already in the network. Yeah. You're already in the, in the place. That's the hardest thing to do is get inside. So you're inside and it is a fantastic company. Actually, one of our guest speakers who used to, she was a, she worked for Rigger. She's an, an architect, digital architect. She does UX and whatnot. She just got hired by them to be the global, she's in, t in, t in charge of all of global site optimization for all of the brands in SEO Live, all of the sites. That's awesome. Crazy, okay? <laughs> and she's in her 60s. I say, you go girl, okay? Because she was, she's just been, you know, an entrepreneur. She's worked for big companies. Then she worked, went to work for the startup. This is so inspirational for me because she's in her 60s and Estee Lauder, a beauty company, hires her to do, don't get me wrong, she has a ton of energy. I, I just mean, you know, I just have this thing about age sometimes, you know, I mean, I'm 55. Yeah. You too, I'm 34. I feel the same way sometimes. <laughs> yeah. But it's all about your experience and your attitude, right? And your, your, your faith and your, what you believe and making it happen. And, you know, I'm here to tell you, I'm 55 and I'm still going. I'm not, I'm not going anywhere. No one's going, I'm not retiring. <laughs> I have people from Wharton that are like, what, retiring? What? What does that mean? That means dead to me. No. So I think that you should go there. That would be a great spot for you to go in terms of networking into the company. And that way, you can, you, maybe you get a little bit more challenged cerebrally in the office, in a marketing job, or even in a retail marketing job. Like they have different jobs with respect to their retail stores that are more corporate. Yeah. And that's exactly what I want to get at is something a little more cerebral, something that I could really like challenge myself with. Cause I've been doing this for over 15 years where I started with the gap and then like transitioned into luxury beauty. And you know, it's been great, but I, I definitely want something a little more challenging. Cause as you know, in retail, it's, it's constantly evolving and you're pivoting constantly. And so you're very used to like adaptive adaptability and change and things like that. So I just want like the next big thing and like it makes sense to jump into retail marketing or just digital marketing. You mentioned something that sparked something for me. The fact that you're in retail, you're, you're super close to the customer. Here's the thing about digital. What a lot of people forget is that it's always about the customer. I'm obsessed with the customer. You yeah. have to think about them first, their experience. You can market all you want, but if you're not delighting the customer in the store or online, you're screwed. So you have that to go to corporate and be able to have the touch of the customer. You have that at your fingertips. You have that experience. You can speak about the customer. That is gold. Just remember that. Okay. Very good. Thank you so much. By the way, you guys, before I forget, I want all of you to please follow me on Instagram, connect with me on LinkedIn, and also check out my website. I would love to hear your feedback. Okay. What other questions do we have? Professor, I have a question. It's Nina. Nina. Yes. Yeah. I'm just <laughs> I mean, I'm just very curious to know if there was ever a time, like, particularly in your early career, wherein you found yourself, I guess, like being stuck or not knowing how to move forward, how to press forward, and whether or not you were satisfied with where you were at that exact moment. Totally. 
That happened to me a lot, a lot more than probably should have. <laughs> but each time I, I made a, I would either make a change. I, I pretty much made a change when that happens. I, I go, I can go back to the woman I was telling you about mentor in the moment. She was my first real mentor in my career. And I was like 20, I don't know, 26. So I was working a few years before I had like a real mentor. It's hard because women were mean back then in the eighties. I mean, the eighties were great, but women in retail were mean. And so I <laughs> didn't really find a mentor and someone to connect with till a few years in. But at the time I was telling her how I felt like that. I mean, to be able to trust your boss, to be able to talk like that, that was a cool thing. But I was sharing it with her because she had such a great experience and she was actually leaving to go work for the limited. She was leaving May Company Corporate to go work for the limited in Ohio to get this experience, product development. And when, when I say product development and design, I mean, these, these are the days when merchants were like designing product, sourcing product, going overseas, figuring it out from inception to completion. It was really, really cool. It's different now. It doesn't work that same way now. But she was going to really, she was the same way. She felt stuck. And so she was like, I'm going to take this opportunity. And she inspired me. I love that. I went at that time, I made the decision to get my MBA so that I could then think about it more, go to graduate school and open up new opportunities. But I always remembered that she did that. And after graduate school, what did I do? I went to the limited to do the same thing she did, very similar career track. But when I went to graduate school, I did an internship that was different than what I was doing. I went to General Mills, which is, you know, consumer products. And don't get me wrong, it's a fantastic company and those products are timeless but I couldn't get excited about it. I'm the kind of person that I have to be excited about whatever it is I'm working on. Like it has to be interesting to me and I can work on it. Otherwise I, I don't like, I don't know if that's always a strength. I think it's a strength, <laughs> but sometimes you have to work on things that suck and you just have to suck it up. But if you're stuck, I think it's about leveraging your network again, ad nauseum, use the network, ask a lot of questions, go on informational meetings with people to find out what they do. And that's just one example. I could give you like five more, but we have other people here maybe to answer their questions. But does that, does that help a little? Yes. Thanks, Professor. I feel like it's just like such a common problem, especially for young professionals, like trying to figure out maybe you think that, oh, like I thought that this was what I wanted to do. And then like one morning you wake up and you're like having second thoughts and you might not exactly know how to best proceed. So yeah, just was no, just- No, I think that, that you're right. It's totally common because you don't know because you haven't been out there enough. Even people in their 50s don't know. Some of us don't know what we're doing, right? All right. I see Sue nodding her head. <laughs> I think you have to constantly evolve. Right, and you that's- always have to be able to adapt, right? Because yes. like, like we're being nimble now, right? I'm doing so many things I never envisioned myself doing. So- you learn new things every day. You have to kind of go with the flow, so to speak, and see where life takes you and be open to what comes your way too. And don't be afraid and don't feel like you're alone because everyone, most people feel like that. So it depends. So that goes back to what I said earlier about the three hot points, right. networking, money, and your personal brand. So it depends where you are in your life if you can make a change right? Like you may not be able to make a change because you have loans to pay back. So you may have to stick it out for a few, for a year or two and get like a reputation and then make the change. But what I would, uh, what I would suggest is on the side, do something like do a side hustle that really gets you excited. So like maybe it turns into a money-making thing and maybe you flip into that. But in the meantime, you're keeping your income 
you know, or maybe you can quit. I mean, I quit a lot because I had like a cushion, uh, like a husband. <laughs> but if you don't necessarily have that, yeah. um, then you can do, but then again, I got married really young and that's a whole nother story. But you guys, uh, if you're, if, you know, if you're single and alone and you, you have to support yourself, you have to be financially independent yeah. and save your money so that you can, they used to call it few um, money, right? Like you have money, <laughs> so you can just do what you want. That is a, that is a big piece of advice. Save your money. So. Thanks. I appreciate it. And Sue, anyone else? I actually have two questions. First of all, where do you see uh, the marketing field going in the future, since the world is changing so fast? Okay, I put my NYU hat back on. Okay. So I think, again, I'm, I'm going to go back to this. And you know, I've heard, you, you heard me say this a million times in class. I think it's about the customer. Where is the customer? And in the end of the day, you have a product, you have to market or a service. If you don't have a customer, you don't have a business. Are you solving a problem? Is your business solving a problem? Then, then you have a business. You have a right to have a business. So where's marketing going? Marketing is communi communicating with the customer. The customer today like Sue said, you have to be nimble because the customer today is home or online. So businesses are going crazy trying to figure out if they haven't already figured out how to digitally engage the customer where they are. And the phone is, you know, your best bet mobile, always stay, stay mobile, stay nimble with your business that way in terms of marketing. But Netflix just hired a new CMO. Netflix is known, right? They're a digital monster, right? I mean, they were the first one to the party with streaming content in a big way. And they figured that out and they have algorithms and data-driven analytics that get their customers, that delight the customers and all that. But guess who they hired? They hired a CMO who's a brand girl. Why do they do that? Because they have to differentiate. Because now there's a lot of streaming content out there. I mean, I, this is just uh, this is my uh, hypothesis, so I could be wrong, but they've got to figure out a way to really make them special now with the customer. They can't just be a streaming content. Like who cares? Like everyone is right now. So that's what they did, and that it, it's, it's a big deal that they hired this woman. So anyway, where is it going in the future? I think that you're in the right place. NYU knows a ton about marketing, and you're going to learn some great things. Analytics. It's also you know important that you understand data-driven AI, but all that stuff is about the customer. It's all, at the end of the day, it's about understanding the customer and how to delight them. Great, thank you. And the second question is, we know you have Supergirls, so we want to know how the idea of Supergirls came up uh, for you, and what would you advise someone who is interested in starting their own company? If you're interested in starting your own company, I say go for it. You know, I, I say, I say, do it as long as you have an idea. And it's like I said, is it solving a problem? I go back to you guys are going to laugh. Uh, I would look at the business model canvas as the first starting point. When you think about a business, think about your value proposition, what it is that you're offering, what problem is it solving? So for me, my business got started because the first impetus for my business to start Supergirls was when I, I got actually let go from a job, a big executive job in Salt Lake City. I worked for overstock.com. It was an amazing experience. I loved it there. I loved it there. The people, the energy, 
I learned a ton about digital. I had a team of 40 people. It was like, we traveled all the time in packs. It was so much fun. But at what happens as often does in corporate America is the politics, the CEO and the president didn't see eye to eye. So what happened? The president who hired myself and a bunch of other, actually women, <laughs> she hired a bunch of women to come in and take the company to the next level, we got pushed aside, unfortunately. And so I said to myself, now what? I, I thought I was gonna be here like 10 years. Like this is an amazing experience, I loved it. And I said, there has to be something bigger out there for me. So that was like the motivation, the, the first real motivation, like what am I gonna do that's really gonna make a difference in the world? Because I was already teaching and I loved it and I, I saw this disconnect between what you learned at school and the real world, like the skills you learn in, in school are, are, are great. I mean, I would never, I love academia. I mean, it's very different translating that to real world survival skills. So I know there's a white space there. So in terms of my value proposition, it's helping young women break that disconnect, connecting the dots, because not a lot of people focus on that, on this population to help them uh, in terms, you know, outside of academia, right? So that was my value proposition. And I focused on women because I truly believe that there's a magical bond that happens when women support each other. I experienced in college, women supporting each other in my sorority and it was fantastic. I swear to God, I never would have graduated without these women crying on their shoulders, lifting me up, bringing me down, whatever. They were there for me. And I'm telling you, the sister, it's all about the sisterhood throughout your life. Whenever I lost a job, when I got divorced, who, pick me up. It was women and women help each other that way. Right. I mean, it's just about finding your tribe. So I believe that I, that's why I focus on women. And, and interestingly enough, I lead the women's uh, women's group for my class at Wharton. It's called Wharton 95 boss Queens. They still, a lot of them went into careers like investment banking, consulting, real estate, commercial real estate, which are predominantly male male executives, you know, male populated businesses, and still to this day, so we graduated 25 years ago, they are still, they're telling me in this group that it really hasn't changed much from 25 years ago to today in terms of how women can, how many women executives and CEOs and like the glass ceilings like that is like kind of a real, still a real thing. Now, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a, ma a male basher. I love men. I mean, I'm not, you know, like that at all. And I'm not one of those crazy feminists that are just militant. That's not my style. I just feel like helping each other. And there's a quote, real queens help fix each other's crowns without them knowing it. And so I truly believe that. So that's why I focus on women. And that's when I started Supergirls. And I started, I went, I completely failed when I started. I did everything wrong. I spent all this money on a booth at this show, the Speaking Biz Bootcamp. I sponsored it. How could I sponsor a booth? I didn't even really have my thing figured out yet. But I thought, oh, let me get some marketing, right? Let me just get out there. Anyway, I made a lot of mistakes, but I also created a huge network as I, you know, as I go through the, the months and the years with Supergirls, the, the network is, is growing and the traction is growing and with the podcast. So anyway, that's what gave me the impetus to start it. And I really, I feel like it's, you know, I can, I help one person, one woman. And that's, to me, that's like what it's about. Like I help millions of people. Yes, that would be great. And I have a big sexy vision of touring every college in the United States and like speaking at every, every college, but I'm helping one girl at a time, 
you know, and that is makes a difference to me. It's, it's really, it's really fulfilling to be able to pay it forward. So I think in your lives, another piece of advice, definitely pay it forward wherever you can. You sure have helped me a lot. <laughs> and you've helped me, Greek goddess. Thank you so much. Thank you. The feeling is mutual. <laughs> Thank you. I have a question. It's a follow-up to what you were just talking about, about like challenges, about how you initially failed when you started Supergirls, and especially kind of the platform that it's taken now. It's very digital, and you self-taught yourself all of that. What were some of the additional challenges that you faced in terms of creating that brand for Supergirls? Because at that time, when you started Supergirls, digital was booming. Uh, it was becoming big. Everybody was going online. How did you... Of course, you were solving something for the customers like you spoke about, but how did you carve that niche space for Supergirls amidst all of that in the market? That's a good question. I love, I love talking about it, so it's great. So Supergirls, actually, the name, believe it or not, my husband calls me that, okay? He and I are total opposites. This is my second husband now, right? Because I was divorced so I now try to learn a lot from my partner. I learned a lot. Of, I made a lot of mistakes in that one. So this one, I, you know, I really try to, we're like the yin and the yang. I am fire. I am fire. I am like energy. And he's this, he's the guy that's like serious and, you know, doesn't take risks and stuff like that. So it works. But he calls me Supergirl because he always called me Supergirl because I'm always doing a lot of things, juggling a lot of balls. I have a lot of energy and passion. And he can't, he, he can't even imagine what I get done in one day. Like he can't get done in like a month, right? And that's not a bad thing. It's just how he's wired. So he called me Supergirl. So I was like, so when I started the business, I love that name. I'm like, that's so true. And that's what I want to do. I want to help people with their, their inner powers. Like there's a movie, Sucker Punch, that I loved that was, that was 2011, Sucker Punch. And the message from that movie was, you have all the weapons you need, now fight, right? So I really believe you guys know what it is inside younger people, but they just don't know how to pull it out or they maybe they don't recognize it because no one's told you because you haven't been out there that much. So like helping you pull it out. So that's where it came out. That's where the brand came from. And of course the challenge was, you know, the comics, Marvel Comics already has that name. So I couldn't, or is it DC? I don't, one of those two. So I couldn't really use the same one. So that's why there's two L's, second L for love. And that's how it, you know, that's, that's where it came from. And I was lucky that no one else really is doing this kind of thing. And I did my research to see what, what, what else was out there. Her campus is probably like the closest. There, now there's girl boss and there's other things like that. Her campus is the same target customer. But I don't really see, other than like other coaches that maybe just coach uh, college students, any kind of similar value proposition. And I knew it was going to be online because I had studied a lot of, given the fact that I was in the digital space, study a lot of different online business models. And I knew I wanted to monetize a community. And, and this thing is all, all about community. So that's where I, I started. And, and don't get me wrong, it's, it's definitely challenging to monetize a community. Um, it's not like you're selling a widget, you know, you're not selling a product. It's not tangible. So how do you, I must do that business model canvas that I mentioned earlier. I, I, I do it all the time for Supergirls to try to reinvent different ways and different revenue streams and ideas for how to grow it. And like, there's people constantly that tell me to give up. You don't have enough traction or it's not doing enough. And I'm, I refuse. I refuse because I think it's my calling. Does that answer your question? 
Yeah, thank you for sharing that. I was just curious because now, I mean, back then was different, but now it's like everybody's trying to monetize an online business. So it, it just makes it all the more harder, even if you don't have direct competition, because you're constantly having to evolve and learn. So it does, it does answer. Thank no, you. it's definitely harder to do that. But this is what I tell my clients and also networking groups that I work in, in, in there's young entrepreneurs. I, I seem to attract a lot of young entrepreneurs also um, to my business. And don't ever think that the space is too crowded. Why do I say that? Because when, you're mon- when, you, when you start a business, it's about you as a personality and you find a tribe and you find people that will respond to you and that understand you and whatever the value proposition is that you're offering. It's just like real estate agents. If you think about that, right? There are so many real estate agents. It's crazy. I I actually have my license here in New Jersey too. There's so many, every other person in this town is like a real estate agent, but why do they have certain clients? Because they have clients because of relationships, because they can relate to them. There's some kind of a bond or something that happened. There's trust. So whenever you start a business, like I have a client now who has a really cool micro wedding business and obviously that's a physical business, but she has to figure it out online too, because there's less and less people having weddings now, but she's worried that it's crowded. I'm like, yeah, but they're, they're not you. The people that hire you are loving you and loving what you're putting out there and your touch and what you're adding to the business. So don't let people tell you that, like, don't believe it. That's just like noise. If you believe in something and you feel like you have something that adds value and delights a customer and solves a problem, then, then do it. Okay. Ask for help, get, you know, mentors, advisors, whatever. But if it's in your gut, you, you gotta, you, you have to chase it. You have no other choice. That's, that's beautiful. (laughs) Awesome. So I mentioned this digital cheat challenge. So this challenge is day number one, we're gonna figure out what your superpower is, what are your strengths, what is your brand. Day number two, we're gonna build your site and your digital profile. And day number three, we're gonna figure out a way to share the love, meaning how do we get the word out there? How do we network? So I wanted to just share that with you guys. And then I wanna share your, a couple other tools Do a vision board, very important for your life. Think about your life 10 years out, five years out, three years out. It can change, it can totally change, but you have to start somewhere. So definitely, you know, do, do a vision board for yourself and every day do something that scares you, okay? Cause that's what helps you grow. When you go outside your comfort zone, that's how you grow as a human. So here are all of my digital presence gems for you to please share with me on, or connect with me on Instagram and LinkedIn and check out my website. And thank you guys all. We are called to be bold. All right. We are called to be bold. You are called to be bold. I just want to say thank you so much for the time and for having me. And I wish you guys all the best. If I can help you in any way, please feel free to reach out. Go get them. Go slay those dragons. Thank you to Professor Jean McPhillips. Join us next week to hear from Lauren Gretsch, an entrepreneur, travel expert, destination wedding specialist, and an instructor at NYU School of Professional Studies.
the SBS Replay Podcast is produced by the students of the NYU School of Professional Studies Student Council with Aggie Dent, Allie Weaver, April Cardena, Ariana Olivas, Shaquin Tao, Shirley Law, Shubra Mishra, Ding Wing. Special thanks to the NYU School of Professional Studies Office of Student Life. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at SBSUSC and at SBSGSC. Thank you for listening and see you in the next episode. Take care.